Hey friends, welcome back to the Compelled Podcast, where we share how ordinary women spread the gospel story. Kirsten Kurvitz is back with us, and we're discussing God's heart for the nations. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Dukeman here, and today we're trying something new. I have Leslie Dirksen here and Kirsten Kurvitz. Hey guys. Hey yo. Today we are going to walk through the Bible and see what it says about missions and why we should care about it. That's right. So we can talk about where do we see missions in the Bible? And I think our first question maybe we could ask ourselves is what even is missions? Yeah, I think that it depends too on like who you're talking to because I think the church overall has a big picture of what missions could look like. And so depending on what organization you're with and even what church you're coming from, you might have a different, a much different view of what missions is than the person next to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I looked, I kind of Google searched the Bible for missions and there was not the All missions right. I was looking for. <laughs> All right. So what'd you find when you Google searched it? Well, it wasn't a technically Google search. It was like a Bible search. Right. But when you look up the word mission, you think, oh, I'm going to find missions in the Bible. And I didn't find the word mission in the Bible in the sense that I was looking for. Hmm. Um, but I cheated and looked at a really good resource. <laughs> you cheated. <laughs> and I did. Um, and it said, historically, missions used to refer to like the mission of God. Like, oh, hmm. that makes more sense. Like we can look for the mission of God in the Bible. Right. Yeah. I think too... Once we think about missions more and more, like if you ask somebody from the church today, hey, what is missions? They might be like, uh, you know, missions mm-hmm. trips or whatever. But I think that a lot of it, if we think about it more, it does come back to the great commission. Mm. And I think that that's what our mind most commonly like ties back to missions. And I think with the great commission is just like the call of God to reach all people. And I think that's kind of missions fits into that and maybe more simply like god's heart for all people Mm -hmm. i was just gonna say that yeah so great minds think alike Mm -hmm. going back to god's heart Mm. yeah what's his character and how he came to the world to save us right and then that's our basis Mm -hmm. yeah and that's what this book basically said so it's a book by walter kaiser and he said mission is or god's mission is a divine program to glorify the lord by bringing salvation to all on planet earth like oh that's pretty good as we look okay where do we see missions in the bible we can look for this like okay how is god bringing salvation to everyone on the earth yeah that's a good point though that like use bible google searched bible searched i don't know sword drilled for the word mission and you can't find it in the bible which is funny like that's not we have a lot of christian terms that we Mm -hmm. use that we kind of forget we kind of just made this up within our English. We just took an idea and then made a word from it. And then we just blew up from there of like, oh, these, this is how it plays out. And while that's good on one hand, I think it is good to go back to the word. What does the word say about this? And I think we need to do that more often with more things from the church. What does the word say about these mm-hmm. things? Because I think we often have like our own ideas and we put that into the meaning of a word instead of what does the actual word capital w say about this and let's do that yeah let's say the first thing that comes to mind your first scripture i've i think most often again going back to the great commission right Mm -hmm. you think of matthew 28 that's it jesus coming back all glorious all victorious and and he's like all authority has been given to me go and make disciples of all nations of all peoples Mm -hmm. 
I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, I agree. Then next one I can think of Jesus saying would be like an Acts 1-8. Yeah. Like, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the Acts 1-8, that one is very like appropriate to the church too. I think that's why we take that one as well because it's like, yes, this is New Testament. This is like the start of the church. And Jesus is like, okay, church, this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of be like, oh, are you getting to the, your Judea and Jerusalem or you know and we kind of forget about like okay to all of the earth it's not isn't just about you yes you should be reaching those around you should be a light where you're at but what are you doing in the big picture as well God is concerned about the big picture God is concerned about all peoples so yes be concerned about your neighbor and don't lose your heart for the the completely lost as well yeah and there's a reason why he's asking us to go to the ends of the earth and to the nations, like that word nations is Greek for ethnos, which is every tribe, a nation, people. To do missions, you have to have a message. And people, if you don't go out to the remotest part of the earth, they're never going to hear the message. And I feel like that reminds me of the passage in Romans ten fourteen, like mm-hmm. how will they hear? Oh man, I should look this up. Can you paraphrase? Yeah, without a preacher, how can they um, just come to faith without, man, we should read this. Has anyone got Romans ten fourteen? Yeah, I'll look it up. <laughs> Yeah, it says, I mean, it's obviously Paul talking. And I think it's special that it is Paul, right? And that he's, his specific ministry was to the unreached of his day. Mm -hmm. And that was like his calling from the Lord to go where no one had been before. And so Romans 10, 14 says, how are they to call on one they have not believed in? And how are they to believe in one they've not heard of? And how are they to hear without someone preaching to them? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how timely is the arrival of those who proclaim the good news. Then later in verse 17, it says, faith comes from what is heard and what is heard comes through the preached word of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yep. What a succinct definition of how to reach the unreached. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also important to realize like this is not a new message. Like when Jesus came and gave us the great commission, it didn't, it wasn't like, oh, this is Jesus's soapbox like no this is mm. god's heart too because jesus is god and of all the new testament verses that it kind of encouraged me to get involved in missions but i think if we kind of zoom out a bit and look at the whole bible as a whole we can see god's heart for missions and christ's heart for missions throughout the whole thing i love yeah. that because it ties it and and even the romans verse that's mm-hmm. originally an old yeah. testament mm-hmm. passage right and if so, i think that's it All of this conversation also points back to the fact of, man, we need to know the word, Mm -hmm. not just the New Testament, but we need to know the whole word of God. It was given to us as like, it is a complete gift that we have, like from Genesis to Revelation. What a gift that is. And man, who are we if we can't take advantage of that gift and use, utilize the whole thing and see that this is actually one big story. Mm -hmm. And I think that often in the church and even for like when you're doing your daily Bible reading, it is easiest to just jump to what's applicable to me. And so we just do that, whether we're looking at the New Testament or the Psalms. That's kind of where we land. But we do forget there is so much richness in these Old Testament history books and learning from the prophets and and so much more in the Old Testament that gives the foundation for the New mm-hmm. Testament. Like why is Jesus so important anyway? Well, that you find that in the Old Testament and everything in the Old Testament points to jesus in the new testament so i think it's good too to remember it's one big story Mm -hmm. 
And that's why we can look at the Old Testament for this word too, that missions isn't just something just for the church. Well, yeah, that is great that there's applicable things there for us, but um, we need to see it's it's God's heart for all people from the very start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can even see it when you open your Bible. The New Testament is just such a small portion of that. So man, what is in that big chunk that comes before New Testament? So let's just start there. Maybe asking what is the, like the, okay, so we talked about what missions is and that's oh, yeah. God's heart for yeah. all people, right? Like that's kind of what we've come down to. And then from that, why, why did, why is it such a big deal? Why does mm-hmm. God have a heart for all people? Mm-hmm. And that, that does go back to, well, God had created man in his image in the garden, mm-hmm. right? From the beginning. And he had such a perfect union mm-hmm. with them, such a perfect relationship. But we know that sin came in and destroyed that. Yep. And so from there, when we look at, man, what is missions? Well, it's God's heart for all people. It is him, him, his actions of trying to restore that relationship between him and man. Mm-hmm. And it's him and his sacrifice Throughout the Old Testament, you see that so many of the covenants that were made, they weren't dependent on the person. They were dependent on an unconditional God. Like he made and fulfilled the conditions of the covenants, right? And Mm. I think that's what it kind of comes back to in my mind. Like a more simple missions is God's heart for all people. Well, why does he have a heart for all people? Well, he made them and he loved them and he wants that relationship with them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think I would, the only thing I would add to that would be kind of like how Colossians 1.16 says, like we are made, everything is made for his glory. We are made from him and for him. And yeah, you talked about sin came into the world. But right then when Adam and Eve sinned, Genesis 2.15, bam, the promise of a future offspring and of a future redeemer who's going to deliver us. Genesis 3.15. Bam. Okay. Genesis 3.15. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um okay so again sin entered the world and that means not everyone believes in god anymore or they are not bringing glory to him like they're sinful we're sinful people and we're doing wicked things and not wanting to submit ourselves to god right coming back to sin separates Mm -hmm. so not that they're just not wanting to they're unable to yeah there's there's no ability to even have that relationship with god on their own means Mm-hmm. And yet God, from the beginning, not only, yes, we saw that sin separates, but yeah, like you're saying, 315 in Genesis, God will make a way. And God, I think that comes back to, again, his character, God's heart for all people, mm-hmm. God's love for all people. And then a correct response to that is, yes, God, we want to bring you glory. Mm-hmm. And my favorite story that kind of just highlights that is the story of Noah. Like, how mm-hmm. cool is that? Like, God sees these people that are just so wicked and he sends Noah to preach to them. Like the New mm. Testament says, Noah preached righteousness, but they didn't believe him. But Noah trusted God and only he and his family were saved. Mm. Um, and then in Genesis 9-1, God commands Noah and his family to go be fruitful and fill the earth. So he started all over again. God clearly has the, God had the power to create the world and he has the power to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. And he demonstrates that. And he, but in that demonstration, he also left a glimmer of hope mm-hmm. that not only, yeah, Noah, okay, now we're starting again, be fruitful and multiply, just like he told Adam and Eve in the garden, be fr- fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now he's telling him again from Noah, but he's also saying, I'm not just going to wipe this out again. This is not going to happen again. Do your job. I'm asking you to do your job and 
And yet, what does Noah do right after that whole story? The next thing we hear of is Noah's foolishness. Disobedience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet, God is like, okay, that's it. I saved you. You're righteous. You built this ark. You're amazing. And I think so much of, yeah, it does come back to when we look at people from the Old Testament, I think often we just look at them as, oh, this hero. Mm. And this person was great. And Abraham, wow, what a great person. Noah, what a great person. And these are the people that we need to look at and try and be like And David. But God is, we forget that it's actually about God. This whole story is about God. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, man, that was about God trying to restore that relationship. When the earth was so terrible that God's like, I'm going to send a flood. It's God saving Noah and his family and starting again and giving the promise of hope hey, this rainbow is a sign to you that don't be worried the next time it rains. How would you feel if you were Noah? Never seen rain in your life. All of a sudden it rains and it doesn't stop raining. And then like the next time you see rain after being in the ark, you'd be like, ah, God, is this happening again? <laughs> but you God, keep your promise. <laughs> I know he, he gives us the promise of hope, right? Mm. And so God's missions, God's heart for the nations, for all people. And I think as well, we can add to that, that in his heart, he's also given us hope. Mm-hmm. he's given us hope for a reunited relationship with him and yeah noah is a great story about that mm-hmm. so what's another old testament patriarch we should talk about father abraham had many sons and many sons had father <laughs> abraham and i am one of them <laughs> and, and so, so are you oh, man man that's a good one i think that we sing that song as kids but we don't understand the gravity of it Mm-mm. Because, like, we, I mean, we know these stories from the Old Testament. We know that somehow they have to do with us. Well, I think that's the problem I had as a kid and even as a young adult. I thought, oh, the whole Old Testament is just about Israel. Just them. Like, they're God's special people. Mm. just about them. But now, looking back through it in this, like, other lens, like, whoa, it's not just about Israel and forget the other people. But, again, it's showing God's heart for the nations. Like, Mm. Israelites, you're like, okay, let's talk about Abraham first because it's going to mention the Gentiles. So God calls abraham and he tells him in genesis 12 2 through 3 and i will make of you a great nation and i will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing i will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you i will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed Hmm. but what's really cool is that word families in hebrew means tribe and people or nation Hmm. so god is telling abraham that all the nations or people group shall be blessed through him and that offspring that promised to add and Eve is coming through Abraham. Wow. And like yeah. that just, whoa, it's not about just the special people. It's about all the nations. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. You're right. Because when we think of the Old Testament, we do think of, man, this is God and Israel. But there's so many side stories mm-hmm. of God and these other nations. And some of them are for condemnation and some of them are for restoration. And yeah, man, that promise to Abraham really highlights that. Mm-hmm. Well, another offspring of Abraham is Jacob and Jacob his 12 sons became the tribe of Israel. And again, that the offspring, the promised redeemer is coming through Jacob. And there's some really awesome verses in Isaiah that talk about, again, how Israel isn't just about the special people that need to be kept to themselves. Mm. Um, Isaiah 42, 5 through 8. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. 
I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, and from the dungeon those who sit in the darkness. So again, we see you have the whole purpose of Israel is to be a light for the nations. Right. And that's not like Israelite nations. That's foreign nations or Gentiles or non-Israelite nations. Right. Like, man, that is just amazing. Yeah. And again, that's like the light is showing that God is reaching, he's reaching out to all people. Again, his heart for mm-hmm. all people. And yes, he has chosen Israel as that that piece that he's going to use to light, be a light to the nations. But at the same time, it's just reflecting back on his own love for all people. So kind of like thinking through the Old Testament, and we, we realize now that Israel's job is to be kind of like, a witness in nations to so that they are attracted to God through like the relationship with God and Israel and God's faithfulness to them. And I feel like there's so many testimonies of people in the Old Testament seeing God's faithfulness to the Israelites, and then those people coming, like Gentile people mm. coming and just glorifying God and placing their faith in Him because of the Israelites. Right. And not only that, but I think of like one in particular being, I mean, Rahab. Yes. We think about Rahab, you're like, you kind of know her story. She's kind of highlighted. And I think something interesting about her is, one, she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Why is the Bible talking about this woman? Two, she was a prostitute, right? Like she was not yeah, a harlot. A, yeah, <laughs> a woman of good standing in the community. She wasn't like the queen's mother or whatever. I don't know. What's a nice lady in today's culture? So she, like that wasn't, that wasn't great. But um, still the Lord... Like through her faith, she recognized, man, your God is special and mm-hmm. he, he must be the only one. So I'm going to, I'm going to do what he's asking and I'm going to walk by faith. I mean, we thought, I think sometimes when we think of the Old Testament, not only do we think of Israelites, but we also think of the law. Yeah. I think she stands out in my mind because totally she walked by faith even before when we're thinking like Old Testament, Israel, law, that's how they connected with the Lord. But it's like, mm-hmm. actually, no. In Romans, it talks about Abraham's faith. Yeah, and James 2.25 talks about Rahab is justified by, well, I think her works. But yeah, her faith and Christ for that. And her works being that she was walking by faith. Mm -hmm. She was choosing the Lord and like the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, over her own gods and her own culture. And she had hope in him. And not only is she special because of like her story with the Israelites, how she held or hid the spies and, you know, but I was just reading in Matthew, she's part of Jesus's genealogy as well. Mm-hmm. So how how cool is that to see that God is not only using other nations and like using Israel to be a light to other nations and using other nations to bless Israel, mm-hmm. but that God also chose to use certain pieces outside of the box mm-hmm. to bring yeah. the coming Messiah. Totally. So Rahab was a woman, another woman. I was thinking of kind of the same thing. She saw King Solomon and just how wise he was. It was the queen of Sheba in mm. 1 Kings 10, 6 through 9. And she was most likely from like a nation in either Ethiopia or like southern, right. uh, what's that potential, Arabia? Yeah, so she said to King Solomon that she heard about him and just how God has blessed him. And she just said, blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you to sit on the throne and just praise the Lord. Like, yeah, mm. I, maybe she placed her faith in God. I don't know. But right. just what a cool testimony Israel was to her nation, her kingdom. Right. Yeah. My husband's been reading through Isaiah, and he's just been really struck at God's heart for people, even in Isaiah. And I think sometimes you think of Isaiah, and you're like, ah, that's too big of a book. Can't get into it. I don't understand it. 
But something interesting that he saw was in Isaiah 19, God is talking about like judgment for different nations and whatever. But then he ends kind of with like this hope. And he says, um, in verse 25, he says, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed saying, blessed be Egypt, my people. Hmm. And Assyria, the work of my hands. And Israel, my inheritance. And when we think of Egypt, we think of Moses and the plagues and how like they were a horror to mm-hmm. the people how of Israel. How Pharaoh treated all the Israelites, man. Right. And yet, why is God calling them Egypt, my people? And I feel like this is something that I would love to dig in and get to know more. But just to see another glimpse of God's heart for all people is often we think of Israel as just being his people. But going back to Genesis and God creating Adam and Eve, that he made them in his own image and that all mankind has been made in the image of God. So Mm -hmm. wouldn't God consider all nations to be technically his people that they're made in his image and that he is their creator and that he owns them. But how hard would that be for a creator and an owner to not have a relationship with him because of sin? And I think that that is, that's like the, the cutting edge in this is that sin separates it separates that relationship. We see that all throughout the old Testament. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's these amazing stories of how not only do people outside the family of Israel have faith in God, but that God still has his heart for them. And there's this, this mutual, I think this longing on both parts that Mm -hmm. God, yes, he's working through his people of Israel, but he still never loses his longing for Mm -hmm. those outside of the family of Israel and his compassion for them. Like Mm -hmm. I think of Jonah, like, oh my word, God sent right. Jonah, an yeah. Israelite prophet, to Nineveh, like the capital of Assyria, Assyria, <laughs> which Assyria. was that great ancient Gentile kingdom. Yeah. Like, they're not Israelites. They are beyond wicked. Like, right. the things that they have done and what they sacrificed is horrific. Um, But we know, like, from Jonah's story, he disobeyed. He didn't want to go to that people because right. of their wickedness. Like, he did not like them. But he eventually, due to extraordinary circumstances, mm-hmm. went and proclaimed the message of God that God told him to do. Right. And Jonah 3, 5 says, then the people of Nineveh believed in God. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool is that? God had yeah. compassion on these wicked people and sent someone to tell them good news. Right. And we see, you know, Jonah was still angry and grumpy. Um, but at the end of the book, it just ends with this beautiful sentence. God telling Jonah, should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons mm. who do not know the difference between the right and left hand? Like these were just a people that were morally and, spirit- morally and spiritually unaware. They did not know maybe who God was or that they were even sitting against God, but God had compassion on them. Right. And it's just such a beautiful story. And I think it just shows God's heart for not, yeah, yeah, for everyone. Yeah. I think that is a good story to to highlight that really. And there's there is so many examples after example of God not giving up on trying to restore that relationship with all mankind. Mm-hmm. And yes, specifically Israel, but yeah, we see story again and again of his heart for all mankind. And so going back to like missions, why yeah, we think of the New Testament and those are great verses for us to know and to be um, sometimes rebuked by or encouraged by and compelled by. But at the same time, if you know if you know these verses from the New Testament and you forget the foundation of the old, then you're just you're going without, I think, the full picture. And why would you have a heart for your neighbor 
or the person in complete darkness, mm-hmm. complete wickedness. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. How like how would you have a heart for them if you don't understand God's heart for all people? Mm-hmm. It just highlights the importance of reading the story as or reading the Bible as one big story, and then you can see what is missions and look at look at the Bible. This is God's heart for all people. Yeah. Yeah, we see that God truly does desire all men and women to be saved, like people just from every nation. And let's, when we talked about the New Testament, like a little bit, we went back to the Old Testament, but the way the Bible ends is in Revelation. And there's Revelations 5, 9, where it says, worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Mm -hmm. So that's just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah to the full picture of from the beginning, from when sin separated, then God has had a heart for all people and that he does complete that in the end, that he does bring everyone mm-hmm. before the, the throne and there, like it says, every knee will bow, right? All will recognize he is God, he is the Lord and worthy is he to be praised. Yeah. I think I was also thinking about like bringing from the Old Testament, bringing it into the New Testament, like Jesus is important because of the fact that God was using this people to reach out to other people, but then God himself came down and he mm-hmm. reached out to us. Yeah. And then through that, Jesus was talking to so many of the Israelites saying, don't think that you are any more important than anyone else just because you come from the line of Abraham, because mm-hmm. I'm going to make a way for outsiders to be brought in. And I think that's so much of the beauty of what God does is he brings those on the outside and he brings them in and Jesus does that. And then he completes that in Revelation that he, he once and for all, it's like the finishing statement, bringing knowledge of him to the world and I think glory of him as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the story of missions. Yeah. yeah. Really. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why we need to care about missions, about taking the gospel to nations and language groups that have not heard it like our job. Because it's not that God just wants them to be safe, but God is using us now as his messengers. The church is the way he is revealing himself to the world. And we also know from Romans that they can't be saved unless they hear the message and good news of what Jesus Christ has done. Mm-hmm. So there's can't be, we can't just spread out. We also have to tell people the gospel message. So I think that kind of summarizes what missions is, you think? Well, yeah, that's what missions is. Mm-hmm. And the next time that somebody asks you, yeah, what is missions? And you like talk about that with somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, what do, why do we support these missionaries? What are they doing? And and oh yeah, missions is God's heart for all people. And I know that because I can see that in his word mm-hmm. and I can see that in his character. So not only being an advocate for missions, but also like, what are you doing to be a part of what God is doing in the world? Because our job isn't done. There are still people who have not heard about him, hundreds and maybe thousands of people groups. So, and they, yeah, they don't know their left hand from their right. Like just like in Jonah with mm. the Assyrians. They don't know there is a loving and compassionate God who desires for them to be saved. So that is our job. And that's why we need to care about it because it's our job isn't done. Right. So this God that we know and who has loved us despite our wickedness, like he sent Christ for us. That was how great his love is for us. And that is what is motivating us and compelling us, just ordinary people, to go out and spread the good news to the ends of the earth. And I think that's, yeah, what should motivate us. Right. Well, cool. I think we did it. I think we kind of talked through the bible what it says about missions yeah thanks kirsten a fast track through the word on what what is missions and i think if you'd like to know more you can also just go to our website or send us a message and we'd Mm -hmm. love to continue this conversation yep 
can go to ethnos.ca or connect with us at our Instagram at Compel Podcasts. Thanks, guys.